privilege and honor for me tonight stand next to the Bo Jingles. You are welcome, yeah. Man. That guy was something else. You get a load of that mustache? What was he trying to prove? I don't know. I'll be I, doing autographs after for yeah, 10, 10 bucks. Yeah, sure. You know, uh, over these past few weeks at the chapel, we've been doing this series called Unwrapping Christmas. And as part of that series, we've been asking an important question. We've been asking why. So we looked at why we sing the songs that we sing at Christmas. Why are we generous at Christmas? Why do we give presents to people at Christmas? And most importantly, why can family be so difficult but so important. Hey, at speak Christmas. for yourself. <laughs> I, my family's not, a delight. I wasn't talking about my well, family. Well, they're here, so I have to say that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, asking the question of why, though, this is this is truly the most important question that we can ask. And this is this is for all areas of our life, and yet it's not typically the question that we ask first. And so uh, about 12 years ago, this author named Simon Sinek. He wrote a book, uh, a, a great book if you want to check it out, it's called Start With Why. And in this book, he makes this argument. He makes the argument that, that any successful company or movement or organization or even individual people, like you and I, any success that we have results from first starting with answering the question, Why? And we see this come to light when, when we look at people like, uh, say, these, these guys. These are Wilbur and Orville Wright. They were able to change the world through discovering how to fly. Or, or it's through asking the question, why, that this man changed our nation. Martin Luther King, he, he, he brought together a, and inspired a fractured America and brought civil rights to us. You know, or how about this one? Steve Jobs, he asked the question, why? And as a result, he developed the iPhone. And by doing that, now we can take way more selfies than we ever thought possible. Right, Joe? Joe, what are you doing? Taking a selfie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I got this stick. Why should this well, not you were talking us. about. Actually, I'm going to get everybody in it. If Let's you could bring up the house lights. Lean in and smile. And if this turns out well, right, I'm going to post it on Instagram. Four, three, two, one. Great. There we go. What were you saying? Oh, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. No, you know what? what the thing with this is most people can easily answer the what question. The, the what I do or what I am. Uh, Less people, because it becomes more difficult, can answer the how question, how I do what I do. But then there's a third group of people that almost, almost no one can articulate the why behind this. And in fact, this question of asking why is so important that Simon Sinek goes on to say this in his book. He says, why is your purpose, your reason for existence, it's the motivation for getting out of bed every morning. So what does that mean for us? Like if we put that in the context of our lives today, so think about it like this. Okay, so what you do, all right, let's say you are a grandparent. Um, you, because a lot of times we define what we do as who we are. So if you're a grandparent, maybe you're a parent, maybe you're a firefighter or a police officer, you might be a CEO of a company or an electrician, uh, could be a, a teacher, a billion different things, right? So you understand like what you do and you understand how you do it. If you're a grandparent, how do you grandparent? Well, 
you feed your grandparents a bunch of, or your grandkids a bunch of sugar, and then you send them home, yeah. right? That's what you do. If you are a firefighter, you use your training to help save people's lives. If you are an electrician, you use what you learned in vocational school to, to help build things, to help run electricity, okay? So um, the why, though, can be a little bit more difficult. It can be a little bit more tricky to answer because sometimes we don't have a clear purpose or a clear reason for our existence. And, and if we do, sometimes we feel confused, right? Especially if you're what changes. Let's say you've been a police officer for 25 years, and then you retire. Now you can start to feel like, okay, who am I? Because who I was was so wrapped up in what I used to do that now because I don't do that anymore, now I'm not quite sure who I am. And sometimes we don't always have the motivation to keep going. I mean, I've wrestled through this lately. It's like, you know, I wake up in the morning and like, even though I know what I do and how I do it and why I do it, I'll be honest, sometimes I'm just like, okay, is this, is this all there is? Like, what do we do? Listen to podcasts and, and drink coffee and go to work? Like, is there more than this, right? And so sometimes we struggle with a why and that can give us to help, cause us to struggle with a purpose to keep on going. Because no matter how defined our what is or how defined our how is, if we don't get a clear answer of our why, we can struggle to find meaning and purpose in life. This isn't a new thing that people are struggling with. I mean, people throughout the years, throughout the ages, have struggled with this question of why. In fact, it was 2,000 years ago that the Apostle John wrote in his Gospel of John, uh, he reported about Jesus who was talking to a group of people. And what was unique about this group of people that, that within that group were different kinds of people, some that believed in Jesus, some that even followed Jesus, some that, that didn't believe in Jesus, some that I, we would call skeptical today. They had questions about Jesus. And I know represented not only in this room right now, but in our services tomorrow, there's a representation of people that'll be in this room that fit that criteria. Either you believe in Jesus or maybe you're still a little skeptical and you're unsure about it. You're still, you're still asking some questions. What I love is that in John's record here, we see that Jesus welcomed all of these people. And we do too. We want you to know that we, we, we welcome those questions. And, and as Jesus was speaking to both of these groups, the believers and the unbelievers or the skeptics, as he was doing that, he said something that was would have stopped them. He said something life-changing, something that would have stunned them about himself. And it goes on to say this, that Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, he said, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. I am the light of the world was the second I am statement of seven I am statements that Jesus gave that are recorded in John's gospel. And each one of those I am statements allude to his unique and divine identity. In declaring himself the light of the world, Jesus was claiming that he is the exclusive source of spiritual light, all right? That there's no other source of spiritual truth available to mankind. And in that, he's claiming, he's implying that he is God, the one and only God that exists, right? And what Jesus said was so crazy because we may not quite understand the impact that the skeptics that Charles was talking about, they said, look, what you're saying has, has no merit, right? You, you can't say that. Only God can say that, right? Well, 
And what I love about Jesus is he didn't force himself on them, all right? He didn't force belief. In fact, he let people have their own opinion of them. Jesus asked his disciples one time, he said, he said, hey, who do people say I am? And they said, hey, some say you're a prophet. Some say you're, you're Elijah. Some say John, John the Baptist, right? There were a lot of different answers. Same thing today. If you went out and asked 100 people who, who Jesus is, you might get 100 different answers. Jesus allows people to have their own opinions. He's not going to force anyone to believe in him. But at the same time, Jesus doesn't let his skeptics keep, stop him from saying what is true to anyone who dared to believe in him and what he was saying. And Jesus knew that he was born for this reason. To, to, he wants to lead all people to experience true life, eternal life, life forever, life abundantly. All right. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And to have that life, not just when you die, not just when you go to heaven, but starting now. And with that comes purpose and meaning. So in other words, Jesus has come, and this is why Christmas is so important. Jesus has come to answer our why question of purpose and existence once and for all. As I was reading this, I wondered why of all the metaphors that Jesus could have used, did he use the metaphors of light and dark. And then I began to think of it like this to make sense to me. Pretend just for a moment that you are in a room that you have never been in in your entire life and that it is completely dark. What, do you, what would you expect to happen at that point? Well, I, I, I imagine your arms would be out, you'd be shuffling along, trying to feel your way, probably disoriented. You're probably going to knock into something. You're probably going to push something over. You're probably going to break something. Hopefully, you won't break something on you. <laughs> uh, things are going to get hurt and damaged. And you're feeling for the light switch. You're looking for the light on your phone. Anything that can shine just a little glimpse into where you are or to what's around you. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be a room you've never been in before. You know, I woke up the other night, and I'm blind without my contacts in, so it's dark in the room, and I kicked the stupid ottoman at the end of our bed, which is, like, not new. It's been there for years, right? And it's like, once that happens, you're up. Like, there's no one going back to bed after that, right? It's so frustrating. And so Jesus is using that same metaphor about our lives, right? And, and he's saying, hey, we, you know, we live in a dark and painful world some, at times. And I think if you look at the past few years, I mean, I don't know if anybody would argue with that. I mean, we've all been through so much. And even for our church, these past couple weeks have been so difficult because yeah. a young mom and wife who goes to our Sandusky campus, you know, died tragically in an accident. And it makes us realize, it reminds us again, just how dark it can be here. And it can feel confusing and disorienting, just like being in a dark room. And so you run into things like loss and pain and sickness and death. And then you find, you know, the things that you knock over in the darkness of our lives. A lot of times it's relationships and then it's friendships. And the things that seem to trip us up that cause us to harm ourselves are, I mean, if we're honest, it's our pride, it's our, it's our greed, it's our selfishness. Right. And so many of us are doing this just day in and day out, and I think that, you know, sometimes we just would agree that, man, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says that the only way we can escape that feeling of being lost and disoriented in a, in a dark world is if an outside source of light 
comes in and shows us a different way. And that all we have to do is to trust in that source of light. Yeah, you know, remember Jesus said in John 8, 12, he said, I am the light of the world. You know, Christmas is a, it's truly a celebration of that. That's why we're here, is to celebrate that, that light came into our world to shine into a dark place, a broken place, a chaotic place, that he came to give us hope and, and peace. And this isn't just a hope and a peace that we sing about one day a year or, or a week a year when we're here. We, this is a hope and a peace that he has to offer us every single day of our lives. And as the, as the light of the world, Jesus gives us this definitive promise. He finished up John 8, 12 by saying this. He said, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And as I think of that, I know what some of you may be thinking. So let me clarify this life real quick. Is this going to be an easy life? No, no, I'm not saying that. Is this going to be a life where you're going to get everything you want whenever you want it? No, I'm not saying that either. What I am saying is that this life gives you a way forward, a way forward through the chaos, through that darkness that we experience. It's a way forward that's filled with peace and hope. It's a way forward that truly guarantees your life to have purpose and meaning. It ultimately answers the question, why Christmas? Yeah, so if you're here, and because you might be here for a lot of different reasons, maybe you came because it's tradition. Maybe you came because your parents said, it's tradition, you're going. Uh, maybe you went, you came because you knew it would make your family happy. Uh, maybe you went because you're like, you're here because you're like, hey, it's Christmas time. We should probably go to a church. And you heard about our church on, online, something like that. But you would say you're a skeptic, all right? First of all, you are welcome here. This is a place where you can come and be a skeptic. And you can ask questions and you can wrestle through your doubts. Um, because in 2007, when I stepped into the chapel for the first time in Sandusky. It was right at Christmas time. I was a skeptic. I did not believe any of this. But I had to realize that it wasn't really my head that didn't believe. It wasn't my brain. It was my heart. Because I knew that if God was real, and if the Bible was true, and that Jesus was who he said he was, well, then that had some implications for the way that I live my life. And if I'm honest, there were just some things I didn't want to let go of. So I want you to wrestle with this if you're a skeptic. Is it your mind or is it your heart that keeps you from believing? Because a lot of times the questions that we have in our mind are just a smokescreen to cover up a deeper desire to not want to believe. And then the second thing that I want to challenge you with is this. Are you looking for a way around a dark world with no light? Does it feel like that to you sometimes? Does it feel like you don't know where you're going and you're just winging it? And sometimes you wake up in the morning, you're not even sure why you're doing it. Do you ever wrestle with that question like, is this really all there is? Because Jesus gives an answer to all three of those questions. He says, he says enough with walking through the dark. Let Jesus be that light for you. Because really you only have three options. One, you can keep doing what you're already doing. And in the words of the great theologian, Dr. Phil, how's that working for you? Uh, number two, you can try harder, uh, add it to your uh, New Year's resolutions, and that'll be gone by February. Or three... Maybe you could trust Jesus. I mean, what do you have to lose? And here's what I want you to know. 
you only remember one thing, I want you to know this, that Jesus loved you and he loved me so much that he was willing to humble himself to be born into our world as a baby and placed in a dirty manger and then live a humble life, die a criminal's death, and then come back to life for you because you're his. And, and, and you were created with a plan and a purpose that is far greater than anything that you'll ever figure out trying to walk around by yourself in a dark world. And that's why Christmas is so important, because when we have no light, we have no Christmas, we have no why, and we have no purpose. Right. That's a great challenge to skeptics, but let me finish by challenging those in this room that might be a Christ follower. I heard a story recently of, of a young girl. She was getting LASIK eye surgery, and she shared that Man, after the surgery, she was so excited because she could see things she never saw before. She saw details in things she never noticed before. She could read signs that she hadn't been able to read without her glasses before. All these things were true, but then she said this. She said, it didn't take long. It was a couple of weeks, and things just became normal again. She started taking that miracle that she'd experienced for granted. It, 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 her new sight became mundane again in her life. And I tell you that story to say, you know what? Sometimes we as Christ followers, we do the same thing. After some time, maybe it started out fresh and exciting to us to follow Jesus, but it doesn't seem to take too long before we start to settle for a life that is far less than what Christ ever intended for us to have. We just get used to it. And so this Christmas, I want to challenge you I want to challenge you to just remember. Remember the miracle that we have in Jesus Christ. Remember why we are here tonight to celebrate Christmas. Remember that once again, God loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, into this world. Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah says he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is Jesus born to us here in a manger. Why? To be the light in the darkness so that you and I can have life. That is why Christmas. Yeah, Christmas is really, there's no better answer to that question of why. Yeah. Let me pray for us. Yeah. Father God, Thank you so much for this time, this celebration, God, of, of life and of light. And Father, I just pray for anyone in here who's, who's wrestling through some questions in their mind and their heart, God, that you would help them to understand what is their real motivation. Is it because they truly don't believe or that they don't want to believe? And God, I pray that you would help them to overcome that. And for God, and God, for those of us who have been following you for a long time, but God, we've lost sight of that light and it's become dull and the things that used to excite us maybe are just mundane again. God, that you would reveal to us again just how incredible it is, God, that you are the light of the world, not just on Christmas, but every day in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, you know, we're gonna um, take a few minutes and we're gonna light some candles and sing some carols and, and I, just, I just wanna encourage you, as we light these candles... May they represent and really remind us tonight of that light we have in Jesus. So as we light these, let that be the words of your heart tonight. So let's sing as we light these candles.